0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. You guys are having a fantastic day today. Ted's getting hooked up here in a little bit, so he'll be running a few minutes late, so I'll have a bunch of stories for you guys here until he gets on. And uh, so we've got a great show for you today. Hope you guys are staying strong and healthy on this fantastic Friday. And as you guys know, be sure to check out the product of the week, our probiotic 350 billion. I had a customer that was emailing me about it earlier today. That I was reading, um, I was reading some emails and talking to him about it as far as the details on the product. And he was asking me as far as how much stronger it is than a lot of other ones on the market. And I said, we well, just compare and contrast when you look at the supplement facts. I was like, this is a very, very high stack formula. And I said, the reason why it's so effective is because it's so strong, which also makes it very expensive. I said, but it's really, really good for overall gut microbe, really helps out with energy as well. A lot of people that try it and have used it, when they after they've taken it for a couple days, they have said that their digestion is better. They basically have better mental clarity. They also start having better issues as far as with any type of ailments, such as sometimes dry, itchy skin, sometimes digestive problems and other problems that may be going on with the liver and the kidneys. This just important significantly. You can't Reiterating any further on how important probiotics are to help out with healthy gut, because remember the gut-brain connection is very real. This has been research that has actually been fairly newer over the last decade in discussing how what you eat essentially affects how your brain functions, as far as in how healthy your gut is affects how your brain functions. This is why, if you guys have ever noticed, this is very common. If you eat junk food one day, or you happen to go out and eat fast food, which you know, shouldn't be doing a lot of that, but if you do, you'll notice a lot of times people they call brain fog. Has happened to me because I eat really clean. So if I eat something that's not really good, I'll notice within about 20, 30 minutes of eating it. A lot of times, the stomach doesn't feel 100%. My brain's just not quite hitting just like it's supposed to, and a lot of that has to do with the gut-brain connection, which is why it's so important to make sure you're taking care of your digestive system. And this product does just that with over 18 different strains of health-promoting bacteria provided in the probiotic 350. So it's on sale right now. as the product of the week. So be sure to check it out at healthmasters.com. And also, too, if you guys could do me a favor when you're on the website, any products that you guys like or take regularly, please put a review on them. We're trying to update the reviews because a lot of stuff didn't get transferred over from the old website. And a lot of times people really like to see reviews. And if you've had great results from a product, if you really enjoyed something, you're continually taking it and you're getting productive you know, response from it, Please feel free to give us a review on an honest review on it, about how you feel about it, how it's making you feel. That way other people can get a similar idea of what this product actually does. I'd really appreciate that on the website at healthmasters.com. Now, also, too, in other news, this is something that's interesting as well. I was reading about it and uh, been praying for a lot of people. We had some listeners email me as far as what's going on in uh, Maui. In Hawaii over there, and these uh, wildfires are just getting horrific, and they're saying this is one of the largest natural disasters in the state's history, and uh, I've seen some of the photos. This is bad, and what's interesting, the officials are saying no one could have predicted how the massive wildfires that struck West, West Maui this week were, I guess, saying they were saying they were fanned by strong winds as Hurricane Dora passed south of the islands. And what's strange to me about this is, I've told you guys before, you know, weather warfare is real. Now, whether or not this is an organic fire that started or something else more nefarious behind the scenes, I don't know. But I know one thing about it is. Rain is not uncommon in Hawaii whatsoever. And so it's crazy to me how suddenly there's this massive drought on this island over here and uh, this fires are spread. So again, I don't know what's the major cause of it, but I do find it very, I guess you could say coincidental with a lot of the things that are happening right now, all across the globe and this constant push. And um, you know, basically trying to sit there and, You know, use all these things as a massive excuse to come in and say, hey, we need to do more climate change. We need to do more control. We need to have more input on what everybody can do and tell everybody what they can and can't do. You know, speaking of bad ideas and crazy things that people shouldn't even be considering, you take it a step further. California now is planning to get their energy to stabilize its power grid. From a new source, and you guys are going to love this. You guys know California is essentially a failed state. I love parts of California, especially northern California. some beautiful parts of that state. I've been out there repeatedly. I do not go out there anymore. I know a lot of people that still live out there. And it's sad what that state has turned into by the unbelievably corrupt communist policies that have been so evasive or invasive, I should say. Now, what's interesting about this is. They're not going to try to use more fossil fuels. They're not going to use more nuclear power plants. They're not even going to try to use wind or solar. The state now is passing a bill that they want California's largest electric utility, PG&E, they want to suck the batteries of electric vehicle owners plugged into charging stations to stabilize the grid during unstable periods. The F-150 Lightning already allows for bidirectional charging. That was sold as a benefit to the owner as an independent generator for households during a blackout. So you could actually plug in a, you know, outlets into your truck, F-150 Lightning, and use it as essentially a generator, which I do have to say that's pretty cool. You know, if you have something that's going on, you need it for a short period of time, They got an extra backup battery sitting there, do I think it's worth having a $100,000 generator parked in your garage? Uh, Probably not. (laughs) You know, those those limited F-150 Lightnings are like 95 grand. I think you could get a really, really good generator system for way less a fraction of the cost. But this is crazy now because they're saying that PG&E wants to use it to commandeer all EV batteries that are essentially plugged into charging stations and essentially also start using them in systems to backfeed the electrical grid of your house. So if you have your EV charging station at your house, and this is going to be all new systems that they're wanting to implement, by the way. They're saying here that the power grid that is going to have to be using unconventional methods now in order to sustain itself wants to use electric cars to send power back to the grid to prevent blackouts. Lawmakers in Sacramento have put together Senate Bill 233, which will make bi-directional charging mandatory for all electric vehicles and charging stations at your home and out and about. Now, the question is how quickly can the electrical connection be up and running in any ordinary home to make a vehicle to grid a reality? And the crazy part about this is you just keep taking stupid ideas with these guys and you make them that much stupider. They're trying to sit here and now say essentially you plug your truck in and it's charged. Oh, power grid's having an issue now. We're going to suck all the power back out of your car so we can keep the grid going. And then when we've got more power back and running we don't have a blackout, we're going to allow your car to charge back up. Do you understand how unstable that is going to be? Not to mention how unpredictable that is going to be from a real-life world experience. Oh, babe, I'm running late for work. I'm going to get out there. You know, car's plugged in. Should be good to go. Oh, wait. I've got 5% battery life. The power grid went out again. Oh, they sucked all the battery out of my car. Now I can't go anywhere. Now I have to wait for them to allow me to charge back up because I basically dumped all my power – back into the grid this just sounds like a bad idea waiting to happen not to mention you're going to start having these systems that are going to start backfeeding power well what happens to the money that you've spent now are they going to reimburse you you just paid to charge your car up 20 30 40 50 dollars whatever it is to charge a vehicle right now one of those systems now so they're going to backfeed it are they going to recharge it again for free or what if you don't have time to wait for it to recharge? This whole thing just reeks of more bad ideas. And what's crazy about this is this technology that they're trying to utilize to say is green is not only not green whatsoever. I've gone into detail about that as far as the lithium mining, the cobalt mining, what they do as far as any strip mines and these lithium drying pools, not to mention the amount of money. It takes to keep these vehicles as far as updated and on the road, and they have a very, very short life expectancy. You know, an average well, before I guess you could say they put all these crazy emissions on diesels, the average diesel truck, dude, it was nothing for a 7.3 diesel truck 20, 30 years, you know, million mile engine if you maintain it properly. Now, these electric vehicles, they're saying eight to 10 years is max. Then you got to go in and essentially put these things and try to process them and go back in and you know, Oh, we're, we're going to go in and we're going to recycle these batteries and see how all that works over the next decade. This entire system is being set up as a massive control grid, and if people keep buying into it and people keep paying for it, which is the sad part about this is, it's going to continue to get worse. And once it starts getting worse, it's going to be too little too late once people finally get the eye-opening experience that this system – they're trying to do is not sustainable whatsoever, and it's going to be at the cost of the American populace to decide to go along with this. For example, too, I've seen now articles are talking about how now they're going to start using America's smart streetlights – are now going to be rigged with license plate readers to essentially record what's going on. According to a recent announcement, Flock Safety, the first public safety operating system for cities, is being deployed as an intelligent streetlight infrastructure company that says it's aimed to revolutionize the way public safety agencies deploy license plate reading tags and situational awareness cameras to capture the objective evidence needed to solve more crimes. Utilizing a multi-purpose streetlight platform called Ubi Hoob, which plugs into the photo cell socket of 360 million compatible streetlights and integrates with third-party cameras. That's the part that I always like. Third-party cameras containing built-in LTE connectivity meaning They go 5G it says smart cameras can now be deployed in a matter of minutes with a street light every 50 meters. The partnership will allow public safety departments across the country to reduce the time and cost of installing LPR systems. Now, again, they can sit there and play the whole game. We're doing this for your safety and protection. We're doing this to mitigate crime. It's all for your safety. So we have license plate readers. We can monitor everybody what they're doing all the time for your safety and protection. No, this is what they're getting ready to set up to do they've already stated multiple times their overall goal with vehicles is they want to start taxing people by the mile they want to start monitoring where everybody goes the only way you can really do that is you have to have an electric vehicle essentially tied into the grid 24/7 or the Internet of Things to be able to monitor actually how many miles you're doing if you've got a you know 1999 f250 with 73 power stroke with a 200 fuel 200 gallon fuel cell in the bed you know with automatic transfer tank filler you can just drive around all you want. Load it up, drive around, transport, you know, tow, do whatever you want. There's no electronics on that system whatsoever that are going to be able to monitor your mileage unless you start having license plate readers like they have at the toll booths everywhere now that continually tax you for driving on highways that are ironically enough still indirectly funded by taxpayer money and why they tell you, oh, we got to raise the tolls again. we got to raise the tolls again. You look at the profit schedules on these toll booth systems. And they're for-profit. These aren't some you know 501c3 toll booth company that's designed to be there and build a complete infrastructure for people to be able to drive on it very, very cost-effectively. No, they make an enormous amount of money off these toll roads, and it's funny to me how we continually keep getting told we need to spend more money on infrastructure for roadways and we have to pay more taxes so they can expand more roadways and of course they want to start taxing everybody by the mile and monitor your tags through these license plate readers so they can continually send you more taxes to pay while at the same time the vast majority of roads that are getting built are toll roads that you're already paying to drive on and so again this is just another section of how they're trying to prevent people from traveling freely unmolested on their way and the electric cars are just another nail in the coffin without a very big nail, i should say also to another news two physicians are suing the medical board of california for upholding a new state law that requires all doctors in the state to undergo radical dei which is diversity equity and inclusion training in order to continue practicing medicine assembly bill 241 which was signed in october 2019 Right before the COVID pandemic happened, surprise, surprise by Governor Newsom, forces all doctors in California to log at least 50 hours a year in continuing medical education, which is primarily uh, loaded with DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion training, in order to retain their license. Now, when you look any of this stuff up, it goes into great detail. And it's essentially what it is. It's this critical race theory from medical school perspective, and essentially is designed to continually brainwash the doctors, not only into following more of this equity inclusion. So everybody basically is following along this line that essentially everything is racist about everything. They also go and push more propaganda and more indoctrination with the shots, with the COVID-19 vaccine and any other basically rhetoric that they want these doctors to be forced to look at and they make them take tests they make them take these online classes to continue their continual education and it's making a lot of these doctors either a step out of the system because it's too ridiculous or b it's continually brainwashing these doctors to follow along the lines that they want them to look at in the way they want them to act on a regular basis in order to keep the narrative going i guess you should say Somebody sent me a a a link yesterday, and he goes, you know, it's funny because the mainstream media seriously has to try to continually manufacture racist situations. Just come up with random stuff to try to put out in the general population, the mainstream media, to keep it going. And I said, well, yeah. And I said, but there's situations sometimes that still get out of hand. And I mean, obviously, you can't say that you know racism doesn't exist because it does. There's certain groups on both sides of the of the narrative that continually do this. And I said, but you're absolutely right. I said, the entire concept of it now, especially in 2023, where almost everything is about as diverse as it can get, the mainstream media has to constantly promote this real hardcore white supremacist racist narrative all the time just to keep it relevant in the mainstream news. And I said, they shuffled a deck of cards the other day and said, okay, and now we have a new article that was on medium.com and it's titled Why waking up early is rooted in white supremacy. Ah, yes. Getting up early when the sun starts to come up is not an aspect of biological factors. It's not designed how our bodies are designed to function. Then wake up with the sun and become sleepier when the sun goes down. Getting up early and being able to hunt, being able to farm, being able to work. No, 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 no. That has nothing to do with our biological activity, nor does it have anything to do with being productive and being able to get the most out of your day. It's all rooted in white supremacy, and so if you get up early, you're a white supremacist now. Just like they came up the other day saying now if you exercise or go to the gym, you're basically a white supremacist if you were involved in any type of exercise. I don't know where these guys get these deck of cards they shuffle. It's got to be one of the most bad idea factory-producing card sets I've ever seen in my life. This is some of the stupidest stuff, and it goes on to say here, it says, the early rising ideology is not necessarily inherently racist. However, its connections to white supremacy must be examined for the broader historical and social context. And then it – this is where they go with this. This is where they go. It says, enslaved Africans were forced to work tirelessly from sunrise to sunset by their white oppressors, often using the rhetoric of hard work to justify their inhumane treatment. Ah, yes. So even though human beings have been getting up with the sun early for pretty much the dawn of existence um, – Getting up early now makes inherently a white supremacist because allegedly people got up early back then when they had slaves, just like they got up early now, just like they got up early beforehand. And of course, of course, slavery only existed in the United States under whites. That's it. Slavery has never existed anywhere else in the world. Slavery still does not exist anywhere else in the world. There's nothing to do with slavery at any point in time and any factor other than in the United States at that point in time. Obviously, we know I'm being sarcastic because – Slavery is very common right now, enormous over the Middle East, still very prevalent in Africa. Child sex slavery trafficking is one of the most horrific things we've currently witnessed with millions of children involved in that right now against their will. And yet this is the best this article can come up with. And again, this is exactly what I'm alluding to is being sarcastic and trying to make this funny. It's the fact of the matter is. When you can't have a problem and you can't find a problem, you have to manufacture a problem. And this is very common with the Communist Manifesto as far as you have to come up with something to make people scared of. You have to come up with something to make people have a conflict with. So you just continually manufacture these narratives, put them out in the media, and then turn around and tell everybody, see, 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 we told you so. Look at this article. Look at what's going on. And obviously this article is so stupid, but yet – they're being legitimate in it. They're actually being legitimate. It's like the same one that I told you guys about that I brought up. It was probably uh, about a month, month and a half ago that I went into detail in. And it was the same thing when it came to sleeping again. They turned around and tried to make an article it's called The Racial Inequality of Sleep. Black Americans aren't sleeping as well as whites. And then it goes into detail about all this other stuff trying to make it, again, a racist issue when it comes to sleep. And so I, I, I look at this. And I continue to ask myself the question, how long are people going to slumber? How long are people going to sit with their eyes closed and their head in the sand and not address a lot of stuff for fear of reprisal? Because that's what's happened a lot now. People see this stuff and nobody wants to combat it. Nobody wants to rebuttal it because nobody wants to be labeled something that they're not. So they just keep their mouth shut. It also could be from the massive amount of prescription drugs that are funneled in the American population. As everybody knows, the U.S. consumes more prescription drugs in the world. More than 4 billion prescriptions are dispensed every year in the United States. Close to 70 adults take at least one prescription drug, with the average being around four drugs, yet the U.S. population is getting sicker by the year. Well, you know what? Maybe we're not prescribing enough drugs. You know, 4 billion prescriptions, maybe that's not enough. Maybe we need to be doubling that. Maybe we need to be tripling that. Maybe we need to have, you know, 12 to 15 billion prescriptions a year. Maybe every single person in the entire United States needs to be on at least an average of four to five prescription drugs. Maybe that would fix the problem because obviously it's gotten worse. Oh, wait a minute. It's gotten worse the more prescriptions we've produced. It's gotten worse the more vaccines we try to mandate. It's gotten worse the more toxins and preservatives we're putting in the food. It's gotten worse the more GMOs that are expanding in the, uh, the entire construct of our, our food supply in the United States. Hmm. Maybe that's what's causing a lot of these problems. Maybe if people started doing some research before they started blindly taking drugs that their doctor told them they need to take, maybe that would help out some. I just thought I would throw that out there. You know, it's ironic to me, and I, I hear this a lot from customers and from people that, you know, we talk to on a regular basis of how almost every time they go in the doctor's office, it doesn't matter what their blood work is. Usually if it's perfect, some of these doctors will still try to put them on a prescription drug. And what's ironic about it is when people are going to start realizing that we're lied to about almost everything. You know, we were lied to about tobacco. We were lied to about white sugar. We were lied to about the sun killing us all the time. We were lied about mercury. We've lied about fluoride. We've lied about VIAX. We've been lied to about glyphosate. We've been lied to about aspartame. We've been lied to about the shots and the vaccines and the COVID shots. We've been lied about sunscreen. We've been lied to about everything. The list goes down the line on and on and on and on and on. So how many times do you have to be lied to by somebody to finally take a step back and go, I'm kind of tired of getting lied to? Maybe, maybe I need to start asking some direct questions about what's happening. That's why I really—I got some feedback the other day from what I told you guys again. The questions to ask a pediatrician if you're going in there with a child and they're trying to push shots on them. Do any of these shots that you're trying to basically inject my child with, do any of them have death listed as a side effect on the vaccine insert? The answer is yes, by the way, if you guys haven't figured that out yet. No, now the pediatrician is more than likely going to try to defer it and say, I'm not going to debate with you. I'm not going to argue with you about this right now. I'm not going to deal with you about this. If you don't want to take them, then I'm not going to be able to see you anymore. That's usually the response you get about it. So again, why are we being lied to if it's supposedly about our health and safety? Why are we constantly being manipulated if it's supposedly for our safety and health? This is why I've laughed hysterically when I hear anybody, anybody, In any government field talk about how we need to give up our firearms and how firearms are dangerous, how the general public doesn't have firearms, how we need to rely on law enforcement to protect us and nobody needs to be able to have a gun. I laugh. I laugh hysterically. And I go, oh, yeah, that's right. The politicians, the ones that have 24-7 security detail with them, that are all carrying firearms on a regular basis are telling us we're not safe enough and we're not trustworthy enough to own a firearm to defend ourselves while the very people – It caused genocide on the American population through the medical industrial complex and through the alphabet agencies, including the DEA and the ATF and the FBI, all directly involved in killing American citizens and executing them on numerous, numerous cases. Great examples are the massacre of Waco. 76 women and children burned alive, or you can bring up Randy Weaver, his wife, Vicki Weaver, getting her head blown off by a sniper from the FBI while she was carrying her infant child, all at the hands of the government entities that are telling you, you're not trustworthy enough to own a firearm because we are the ones who need to be here to protect you. Again, always ask questions when you start seeing a lot of this stuff. Always look at it from an outside perspective because once you start having this This momentum that we're starting to see here where people are continually giving up their freedoms and their rights for the alleged safety, you start going into a very, very tyrannical dictatorial rule of government. And the problem with it is as long as people keep complying and as long as people keep towing the line of sitting here coming in and saying, hey, listen, we're going to – this is what you have to do. It's for your safety and protection. That's right. And everybody sits there and goes – Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's, that's, that's, that's what we have to do. Did you not hear? Did you not hear what Fauci said? He said it's for our safety. You got to wear three masks and get your triple booster. And your Ridiculous. Booster. Right. Mm-hmm. It's this, this is why it is so important to have an educated population that's why I bring up these topics that I did do this morning because it is crucial people really start asking the questions, especially when you have a group of individuals that have a track record of lying to us about 98 to 99% of the time as far as their lies. I've told you that before. Everybody I know that's been involved in any type of government agencies or been involved in contract work have told me, do not believe Anything you hear on the mainstream media, it is all either propaganda, manipulated, or downright lies. So again, my friends, thank you for allowing us to bring you this show every single day full of truth and freedom, and patriotism, and bringing you what you need to know, and so you can do more research and expand it to others. And thank you for allowing us to provide you with the highest quality supplements we possibly can at healthmasters.com. I appreciate you. And how are you doing this morning, Dad? Glad to have you with us today.
1: Oh, good, Austin. Uh, You know, it reminds me of the old Superman shows, you know, truth, justice, and the American way. That's what we used to have back in the 50s when we had the, the incredible adventures of Superman. I think it was with George Reeves. And it was interesting because it was the truth, justice, in the American way. And I thought to myself, wow, that's what the whole world is looking to us for, is the truth, justice, in the American way. And yet here we are basically uh, walking away from everything that made America what America is, but what, what, what made America great. And the sad part about it is, is that when we sit back and we watch it all happen, we kind of just shake our head and go, well, we really should have been doing more. Like you said, Austin, you know, we're doing the best we can on this talk show. We're doing the best we possibly can. Uh, last night I was on with Jeff Renz and we were talking about alt media, and the compromise again, and how many people out there have been basically co-opted now with the CIA and Operation Mockingbird. He and I both agreed that we have pretty much 90 to 95 percent of the alt media is completely and totally just out there, just spewing out information that's basically rhetoric and it has no basis in fact. And he said, "It's the truth." He said, <laughs> "Excuse me." He said, "He said, and we don't have a, we don't we don't have the ability to differentiate the truth from the lie anymore in the United States." And the Bible says the same thing. You know, the world, you know, the, the Bible's given us the truth, but the men prefer the darkness. You know, we have the light, but they prefer darkness. They prefer the lie. And it's because people basically inherently now have realized that you know that they can get whatever they want to get, as far as manipulating the government. With Cloward and Piven and, you know, with the Frankfurt School and all the rest of it and continue just to get what they don't deserve by free government handouts until the point now that they bankrupt that we have bankrupted the Republic and it was done on purpose. And and we talked about this on yesterday's show about how when they come out with the digital currency, you won't be able to have a savings account. Your digital currency will basically expire. It's like that movie that Justin Timberlake did, I think it was called About Time or something like that, in which they had an armband on. It was actually imprinted on their skin, and it gave the amount of minutes they had left and hours left and days left and years left that they were going to be alive. And then they, once they ran out of time, it expired. They couldn't. They have to either get more time or buy more time or whatever, and it's like that with the money that you're going to get. And the sad part about it is is the vast majority of the population, they don't seem to care. They'll run right, they'll run, run right through Amazon with a hand scanner. And I'm talking, about, I'm talking about some patriots now, too. They think, oh, this is so cool. I don't even have to do this. or I don't have to do that. I just tap my card or put my hand over this or wave my hand over this or use a retinal scanner. And it's like you said, Austin, it's the safety versus, the, you know, security and all the rest of this, you know, and freedoms being lost. And it never, ever ends like that. We keep giving them more and more and more of our freedom for security. And soon we'll have neither. And that's what people just aren't looking at. There's a, there's, right now, there's an exclusive video. Terrorist cartels. Are coming across the southern border, you know, using drones, dropped IEDs in a turf war. Wait a minute. Car- cartel gunmen in western Mexico expanded the use of weaponized drones to drop IED ex- improvised explosive devices on their rivals. Use commercially available drones to deliver explosives is now commonplace in the rural areas of, of Mexico. Mexico's government has been unable to stop rival criminal organizations they fight to control lucrative drug production and trafficking routes. As Breitbart, Texas first reported, terrorist drug cartels like Cartel Jalisco, New Generation of Smaller Cartels, and they list all these other things out, are using explosive drones on the trails. I mean, what the heck? Where are, they getting, where are they getting IEDs from? How do they know how to make all of this stuff? And then, again, we have other people coming across the border that are dressed in full-blown you know, military equipment. You know, There's another one. There's a video of a doggone Texas GOP tells Biden to go straight to blankety-blank over the open border. And they got videos of guard cartels coming over with fully automatic weapons, you know, from the across the border. Texas Republican Representative Chip Roy declared Tuesday that the president and his administration go straight to H.E. Double Sticks after images emerge of body armor clad armed cartel members walking across the border with zero resistance at all. Roy made the comments during a Fox business interview further noting these cartels are emboldened and powered by a president who does not care about our southern border. He is allowing it to become completely run by the cartels. Roy continued, adding, if anybody has not seen the sound of freedom, go see it. Go see what's happening in the world. Go see who has the power. Go see who it is, you know, abusing these young girls and these young children. Roy further pointed out Governor Abbott is being sued, sued by the Department of Homeland Security and his administration, because he dares to try to stop the flow of our border, to stop the death, the fentanyl, to stop the poison, to stop armed intruders. Now, I'm going to back out just a second on this. There are indeed drugs coming across the border. But that's not the main source of drugs. The main source of drugs, either your laboratories that are being continually run out of Afghanistan or out of China that are using C-130 transport planes to bring fentanyl into the United States to over approximately 1,000 lily pad bases all over the world to basically transport the drugs. They always use this coming across the southern border to do obfuscation to show that the CIA is really, really doing a lot of this to happen. Now, there there are drugs coming across the border. There's no doubt about that. Because we're allowing this to happen on our watch, Roy urged. No more, that's my message. We are not going to fund a government that's perpetuating the lawlessness and empowering cartels, allowing fentanyl to kill Americans, our little girls to get raped in stash houses in Texas. Where he also proclaimed that he is tired of Republicans are giving lip service to open borders because they want cheap labor. And you know, he's right about all of this stuff. Following the interview, Roy penned a letter demanding Congress withhold federal funding until Homeland Security Secretary Moracos is fired. Enacting a criminal resolution would unacceptably mean continuing the funding level and policies of the disastrous FY203 omnibus, which Speaker Kevin McCarthy correctly argued perpetuates the border crisis. Roy wrote, adding that passing a full-year DHS appropriations bill without forcing the significant change necessary to secure the southern border is equally objectionable, even with some policy riders. And the thing that Roy doesn't understand, and I I like this guy, but he doesn't get this, Biden's not doing this. Carl Klaus Schwab, the Kabbalist, Luciferian international bankers who run the world through the shadow government are doing this. Remember, Donald Trump tried to put the military in now there to stop the borders. They refused to acknowledge what he was doing and refused to allow him to do that. And I'm not sure from a constitutional standpoint if he could could literally do that, but he had enough of it. it. He wanted it stopped, and he could not get it done, and they stood against him. This is the same thing that's happened in Europe. They're doing this globally. This isn't, they're, they're taking these third world people and they're putting them to all the first world countries to destabilize the population and to destroy the remnants of those people that know what freedom really, really was. And, and, it, and it's sad. And then as we now are seeing also in, in this crazy thing with the COVID world, individual family members are now bizarrely developing turbo cancers at the same time, giving us more proof that the globalists unleashed a genocidal bioweapon upon the world. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean individual families? So two or three people in a household are now developing turbo cancers at the same time? Well, yeah. According to this new story written by Dr. William Makis, MD, published over at Dr. Anderson's Substack, multiple family members are now developing bizarre turbo cancers at almost the exact same time as we've documented within the story, another aspect of the globalist war on humanity that shall never see the light of day following all the died suddenly stories of young, healthy people suddenly dropping dead here in America and all across the planet following the rollout of the vaccines. Well, they weren't vaccines, they were clot shots, they were kill shots. And now we're seeing that more and more and more and more as they come, you know, as we, as we see more and more people dying from all of this stuff. And, and the sad part about it is you kind of stop and you look at what's going on, you kind of say, well, how can it be this bad? Well, there's an article here from American Re- 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 Resistance. It's called From Dumb to Dangerous. and It says the dumbest generation continues up to up its mark, sequel to the best-selling book, The Dumbest Generation, how the digital age stupefies young Americans and jeopardizes our future. Both books deal with the millennials, a generation usually defined as anyone born between 1981 and the mid-1990s. And the author who taught English at Emory University for many years has had a good look at his generation. The first book was widely reviewed, and many critics commenting on its dire predictions for the future of millennials. As it implies, the new book implores whether these predictions have been borne out, and he argues that they have. The conclusions of the earlier book can be summarized in a single quotation. The dumbest generation will cease being dumb only when it regards adolescence as an inferior realm of petty strivings, and adulthood as a realm of civic, historical, and cultural awareness that puts them in touch with the perennial ideas and struggles. The conclusion of his new book is that the dumbest generation has most certainly not grown up, but the volume is far from being one long I told you so. Professor Bowerlin offers us a fresh reflection on what has gone with millennials and how we might avoid making the same mistakes with future generations. You know, and, you know, you you know, know. the craziest part about this is, and, and nobody really wants to address this, it's because we left Jesus. We, we left Christ. We, we basically walked away from the world as far as from a Christian standpoint and decided to go ahead and do whatever we wanted to do and to follow what our itchy ears wanted to hear. Riley, who's a good friend of mine, he basically uh, goes on to quote this article and he goes, It was difficult to get a class discussion going because my students were often unwilling to make judgments of any kind. Partly this was because they had had an intense fear of offending anyone. It reminds me of the phrase, Riley says, this, you know, the, the road to road to hell is paved with good intentions. It's a great article, very accurate. The price to pay for all of what's happening among the youth will be a painful one across the globe. Either we are close to Christ's return or we are enter, entering into the next dark ages. Not sure yet. The lack of wisdom among youth and even many boomers is staggering. No sense of eternity or the perspective that brings. I'm so thankful my upbringing was the exception to the rule I see among my peers. I believe that much of the insanity we see among the youth and the glorification of ignorance is due to their lack of God. It's like their spirit is so warped that they will debase themselves and ruin their culture just to be able to thumb their noses at God's principles. Look at drug addicts who cuts themselves and pulls out their own hair. I mean, he's right. And and he goes on to say it makes him appreciate his friends that are awake and that are doing what's right in God's eyes. And see, and this is the problem that we have. We've got a group of kids now that have been raised, a lot of them are in their, in their mid-30s now, and they're still acting like adolescents. They still run around, you know, you know trying to pretend like they're teenagers. You know, I, I remember uh, my, my, you know, Sh- Sharon's half-brother. You know, he was running around with piercings in his, to his 20s and 30s, you know, and he ended up dying of a heroin overdose. Always in a rebellious phase, rebellious phase, rebellious phase. Hair colored, all kinds of different colors. You know, just always trying to prove a point that he was going to be rebellious. Let me tell you a funny story. I'm going to break the train on this because it's kind of negative. Uh, years ago, I had a good guy here work worked for me. Uh, he worked for maintenance for me. His name was Michael Ferry. And uh, he had been working for about a year. And I think I've told you this story before. I'm going to repeat it for the sake of repeating it. And I remember we were down in an irrigation ditch. I dug a hole. He had dug a hole. We had a broken pipeline. We were about, Both of us were neck deep in mud. We were, you know, had our arms down inside the mud. And his hat fell off. And his ponytail fell into the mud. I mean, he had a ponytail that was literally to his butt. And uh, and he and I, and I he he goes he, and he looked at me, he goes, is that going to be a problem for you? And I'm like, uh, no, that's not a problem for me. It's your hair. Good luck getting it clean. And he goes, well, it doesn't bother you. I got long hair. And I said, why would that bother me, Mike? It's your hair. I could care less. I was raised, you know, in the 70s and 60s. Who cares? And uh, about a week later, he came up to the house and he had his hair cut off. He donated to the Locks of Love. And I said to him, I said, uh, you got your hair cut? He goes, yeah, my dad, donated to Locks of Love. And he said, well, I said, why'd you cut it? He says, well, you didn't care. And I'm like, no, I don't care. He goes, well, I wasn't making a statement anymore that I was standing in rebellion against society. I'm like, you're being funny. And it, but it's the truth, isn't it? Sooner or later, we all have to grow up and say, maybe what I was thinking when I was young, maybe what I was doing when I was young, maybe the things that I thought were important when I was young, maybe they're not, a, maybe they're not that important. Jim Rohn said it this way. I'm going to give you a little background on this real quick. He had a thing that he called personal development. What personal development was, it was basically, you know, how do you affect other people? How do other people feel about you? And he said, it doesn't matter whether you want them to feel this way or you don't want them to feel this way. If you have certain behavioral patterns, you're going to affect certain people a certain way. And he said, if you have a thousand people in attendance, and he says, you show up in a pair of shorts and a cutoffs and a flip-flops without a shirt on, and you're supposed to be speaking, probably 50 or 60% of the people are going to take you seriously. He said, if you get out there and start telling dirty jokes, they're not gonna take you seriously. He said, if you get out there basically, and, and, you know, and you're basically late, they're not gonna take you seriously. He said, if you get out there, and you start cussing, they're not gonna take you seriously. If you come out there and you're covered in tattoos or covered in piercings, some people aren't gonna like that and they're not gonna take you seriously. And he says, pretty soon you've taken a thousand people. If you do all of these things and you've got about five people that are left that think you're cool. And he says it's hard to earn a living when you're selling books and tapes and CDs to basically sell it to five people when you're trying to pay overhead. He says, "So you have to learn how you affect other people, and what that is—that okay? Like on this show, we—I very rarely use bad words. You guys know that because I know it offends a certain percentage of the audience. I very rarely, you know, start mentioning by people by name and tearing into them because it's, it's not really cool to do that. And I'm so careful with what I say. And now, what I have done is I promote Jesus Christ all the time, and and it does it a lot of times. That affects me as far as the listenership. And people say you talk too much about Jesus. My response is always the same." Go listen to Joe Rogan; he can cuss at you, and you'll be happy. But I'm not going to do that. So, how we affect other people is something that we have to learn. Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. You get his videos off of YouTube. Uh, I've also got some. I've got a series of the office still so some CDs that I still have left. It's called Maximum Success: How to Live Disease Free, Debt Free, and Worry Free. And I do a whole CD on personal development and how to affect people from a positive standpoint. And see, when you understand that, if you're a millennial that there's certain behavioral patterns like you don't go out and smoke dope every single night. Okay? You don't go out and stay stoned every single night. You don't go out and basically get drunk every single night. You, know, you don't go out and commit adultery on your, on, your, on your spouse. You don't do stuff like that. And you start to learn that there's certain behavioral patterns that are going to affect you in a negative way. If you've got any kind of sense and you haven't had too much arrested development from all the drugs that you've taken, you'll learn very, very quickly if you want to do anything with your life that you've got to start making some choices that are going to be more beneficial. Just thought I'd mention that. You know, a lot of people go out, they do all kinds of crazy stuff with their kids because they're doing it as a form of rebellion. But the Bible says when I was a child, I acted like a child. But when I became an adult, I left the childish ways behind me. And see, isn't that something that we're all supposed to do is leave the childish ways behind us, always act like an adult when we're an adult, and always think about how we affect other people? I think so. I really, really think so. Because guys, listen to me. God is God. He's always, always on the throne. He's always here for you. He sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Jesus Christ does. And he, we have the Holy Spirit. We've got a triune Godhead that's always there for you and only thinking about your best all the days of your life for the very short amount of time that you're here. That's why it's so important to put God first in everything that we do and think and say. Because if we do that, what ends up happening is we sit up we have a we we end up in a situation where we can put you know, God first, and we can really understand who God is, and we can bring, try to bring honor and glory to Him in all that we do, think, and say. By the way, they're saying that there's a car market crash coming now, unlike anything we've ever seen, because of what's happened with all the people who bought cars for ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars over sticker price. I was speaking with Shannon today. He's my salesperson over at Stingray Chevrolet, it's Plant City. By the way, before you buy a new Chevrolet, you can call Shannon up or call Larry up. There's two good sales guys I know over there, and either one of those guys are great. Larry listens to the show. Shannon's a good guy. They're both good friends, and uh, they give you a good deal, good fair deal on Chevrolet, uh, and it's uh, Stingray Chevrolet, Plant City, Florida, Shannon, and or Larry. Just thought I'd mention that, and no, they don't pay me to do that. I like those guys that much because they're really fair with me all the time. But, you know, once you understand who God is and what God does, then you start making better decisions. You know yourself and, that, and that's what people need to realize that, that if you seek the Holy Spirit and, and you basically allow the Holy Spirit to direct and guide you he will change every aspect of your life every aspect that needs to be changed I've watched it happen over and over in my own life the Bible says it's not by power it's not by might it's by my spirit saith the Lord and that's what we have to understand and always remember that we need to bring honor and glory to God in all that we do think and say Every single time we get a chance to do that, very, very, very important. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Oh, you're, you're exactly
0: right. You know, going back to the car thing, you know, I, I tried to warn everybody about this in 2021 and 2022. If you guys remember back on the show, yep, we did when everybody was in the buy everything craze and there was so much money in the market and the interest rates were nothing, and you had guys coming in with these dealerships that just were going in and just really taking advantage of the supply-demand model where trucks and cars were hard to get and there were vehicles that weren't even limited production remotely. I told you guys a story when I had a friend that was wanting to try to get a Honda Civic and I went to the dealership over in Lakeland and they're, they're already known for being shady so I expected nothing less of them but I was still shocked when I went over there and they, added, they had a new Honda Civic, it was like a 2021. And they go, oh yeah, we, I said, what's sticker on it? It was, it was like an EX or something. So it was, it was a great commuter car. So it would keep you in budget if you need to get it. And sticker was like 219 And I looked over and there's another sheet beside the sticker. And all of a sudden it said, you know, market adjustment value, $5,995. So the $6,000 addendum on the car. Then it had nitrogen in the air, $500 as far as the tires. Then it had... Weather floor mats, $600. Paint protection package, $2,000. Carpet and cloth protection package, $1,200. I mean, it, it was just the most outlandish. And the prices were so absurd. I'm like, paint protection? So you guys sprayed some, you know, wipe on wax from Walmart on it for, you know, $10 a bottle. You get I me mean? really, you know, $600 floor mats. Really? Is that really what we're charging now for these little basic Bobo floor mats? And I just laughed. And by the time it was all said and done, you know, current market value on it, it was like 32 grand. They had like almost, it was like nine or $10,000 in just ridiculous atoms. And I looked at it and I said, that's a joke. I said, you can just pull that sheet off. Oh no, no, no. These are in high demand right now. I said, It's a Honda Civic, bro. I said, get out of here. I said, this isn't some high-end Ferrari that they're making 50 of this year. I said, it's a Civic. I said, there's thousands and ten thousands of them more coming in from the port. I said, they're just cut, backed up right now because the, you the know, supply chain. And with COVID shut everything down for a few months. Oh, no, 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 no. You understand. This is a great deal. There's high demand on these right now. We'll have this sold. I said, you know what? I said, you probably will find a moron that's going to pay you know, 35000 out the door for a base model Honda Civic. I said, here's the problem that's going to happen. I said, you guys are enjoying your you know, living like sloths right now. You guys are living like hogs. I said, enjoy it. I said, but eventually, I said, do you, do you our customers are going to remember you guys did this to them. And I said, when this guy comes back in here in two or three years, and you guys tell him his car is now worth, you know, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars, could you know depreciate five, 000, six thousand off sticker over two to three years, which isn't bad on a Honda Civic, but when you paid thirty five thousand for it and now it's worth fourteen thousand in two years, and you financed it for eighty four months and you still owe twenty five thousand on it, ooh. Well, now I'm $10,000 upside down in a Honda, which that's hard to do, by the way, to get upside down in a Honda. And so these dealers now and these customers are going to start coming back and saying, okay, what the heck's going on? Why would you do this to me? Oh, it's just market value now. And that's exactly what we're watching this current state in mind. And uh, so, again, I encourage you guys, if you guys are going to buy something or a vehicle – Make sure you're looking at market value and make sure you're looking at MSRP. A lot of these shops, too, a lot of these dealers, not just dealers, manufacturers, they're all running the MSRPs up 10%, 15% right now. And that's not going to change. The cost of material, the cost of production, with the inflation, you can't dump $7 trillion into a market and not expect inflation, especially when it comes to actual hard parts, metal objects. Those items just go up in price, and that's what we're watching. So be cautious on that what you're getting involved in. Make sure you do research on what you're going to buy. As far as on resale value, vehicles that can be depreciated if you're running through a business, vehicles that are going to hold stronger resale, vehicles that maybe have a higher demand still, vehicles that are going to be very productive from a work standpoint or commute standpoint. Look at those and do your own research and don't base your decision off, well, I really want this car. I I need to have it because I want it. No, no, no. Buy it because it's the best deal, and it's something that's going to be the most financially productive for you if you're going to go into that realm right now. If you look at it like that, and you do your own research, you'll be much better off instead of buying it from an emotional basis. Buying vehicles on an emotional basis is a pretty much guaranteed, 100% way to lose your butt, especially right now with interest rates—you know, eight, nine, ten percent on vehicles. Yeah, real fast in a hurry because that you're not paying near as much on principal as you were when interest rates were you know 1.9, 2.9, you know year and a half ago. Just something to be aware of. Also, to another news, I figured this was going to happen because the ATF has gotten so emboldened now. The Biden administration is now working to weaponize the ATF to issue a new ruling limit on pr- are banning private sale of firearms without congressional approval according to the new york times and verified by Ammoland news this is where i'm reading this from the new rules expected to be unveiled by the end of the year the biden administration plans to announce that it's directing the atf to close what they call private sale loopholes and digital loopholes this is what they've been saying the terminology they said before where they want to have um, basically uh, universal background checks That was the terminology now what they're wanting to do is they said they want to close the digital loophole and the private sales loophole when an individual sells a firearm to another individual now they're saying that if you sell a firearm and make a profit on it and you do not possess an ffl license they want you to basically be committing a crime they said they're having the atf develop a new rule requiring anyone who can make any profit by selling a firearm to possess an ffl which means background checks guns tend to increase in value over time a gun purchase in 1980 will likely sell for much more money today than it was in the original value you can look back at that with the class 3 firearms and machine guns pre-86 that whole market will just make you bite your teeth when you didn't you know i was that was right before my time but i know a lot of guys that were in guns and they told me repeatedly dude if they had the ability they would have bought a whole bunch of m60s back before 1986 when you could buy them for like two to three thousand dollars and uh, yeah, because now the average M60 in good shape, especially if like an E6 conversion, averages between seventy to $100,000 now on the market as far as it's transferable for a civilian, just FYI on that one. And so what they're doing now is they're saying they want to shut down digital loopholes, marketplaces like Arm's List. Arms fire list and also like Florida Gun Trader all those websites they want to shut down where private individuals can list their firearms for sale they said they want to have these marketplaces require an FFL license to be submitted on the website before you list a firearm so you, say you have an AR-15 you got a basic you know M&P Sport AR-15 you know $600 rifle Say you've had the rifle and you don't want it anymore and you've got something else coming in. Now, you want to list the gun on arm's list or you want to list it on a Florida gun trader. They not only want to try to either ban the website, they want you to have to go through and have an FFL license just to list the firearm to try to sell it. This is a blatant, blatant. Evasive tactic on the Second Amendment. I mean, they're just trying to throw a frag grenade on Second Amendment right now. Just say we don't even care anymore. Telling people that they don't have the right and the ability to sell a firearm, especially in states that it's legal to another individual. And now by trying to use these loopholes to prevent people from being able to do so and communicate with one another. This is, again, ATF running amok with the administration because they have no oversight. ATF should have been disbanded after Waco. They should have been dissolved and let the corrupt FBI <laughs> hand over the proceedings. Not, I don't know how much different it would have changed now, but that entire agency is so run thick of just constant communist Second Amendment haters, and it's almost like – In order to work for the ATF, you almost have to hate the Second Amendment because the only purpose of your job is to violate the Second Amendment. You don't see any ATF agents ever going up to Chicago and having massive raids and having massive, you know, basically agency engagements up there with Chicago. You ever notice that? It's always, oh, well, we got somebody and we found out he put a brace on his rifle and he didn't register it and we have a confidential informant recording him. Like they did to the guy up in St. Cloud, taking the brace and putting a stock on this, you know, scorpion pistol turned into an SPR. Kid goes to prison for three years now. Oh, we got him. We got that criminal. You know, he swapped the stock out. He had no prior felonies or prior convictions or prior arrests or even prior speeding tickets, but we showed him – Oh fifty eight dead in Chicago this week in firearm violence uh, yeah, we don't that, we don 't talk about that you know we that 's that's not that 's not our forte up there we don 't like to actually have to get in conflicts with people that have firearms. We just like to arrest people for just man, coming up and manufacturing things they did illegally. Crazy stuff. gun owners of America and multiple other gun groups are going to be suing i 'm sure this stuff 's going to be in court for an extended period of time, so continue to get the truth out there and continue to tell your representatives. To stop with this nonsense, even though this is going to be a try and executive order stunt, this is something that's going to be completely far overreaching. And again, that's why I said we've got to get more offensive when it comes to defending firearm rights and less constantly defensive on the back corner because there's so many times now where stuff constantly happens and then all we do is play defense the whole time. Just wanted to get that information out there. What do you think, Dave?
1: Uh, you're right, Austin. You know, we, we've got to, we have to maintain firearm safety. I mean, if you don't know how to use a gun, you've never fired a gun, You've never used a handgun. Don't pick a gun up if you find it in somebody else's house. Just thought I'd mention that as, as, a, as a word of warning here. A lot of people keep their guns chambered and ready to roll. And You start picking up guns, you start squeezing stuff on, and all of a sudden discharges inside the house, you have an accidental shooting, you blow a hole in the wall or whatever, you shoot yourself in the foot. Be really careful with guns. They're not toys. Never treat them like a toy. And if you've got children in the house, you keep those guns away so the kids can't get a hold of them. And then as soon as the kids get to the point where they can understand what's going on, you teach them firearm safety. By the way, DeSantis fires another Soros prosecutor over needless pain, suffering, and death. So I don't really like DeSantis. Florida governor around DeSantis on Wednesday suspended the top prosecutor in Orlando who refused to enforce the law against criminals, which went on to commit more crimes. Prosecutors prosecutors have the duty to faithfully enforce the law. One political agenda cannot trump this solemn duty. Refusing to faithfully enforce the laws of Florida puts our communities in danger and victimizes innocent Floridians, as DeSantis said. Now, this is pretty pretty impressive that he did this. She failed to prosecute 43% of the arrests, releasing 16,000 defendants without prosecution, according to state attorney government Ashley Moody. Mrs. World is dismissing during that time period four times the number of defendants that are being dismissed or not charged in Palm Beach County. She said, adding that it's not normal for a prosecutor to come out repeatedly after we've seen tragedy strike and insulate. It's not my fault. I submit to you that it was in a way to distract from where the fault should have fallen. Uh, she says even violent felonies were only prosecuted 41 percent of the time, including people going out and killing people who she did not prosecute. So the census says dismissed her, and I watched about 30 seconds of her comeback as far as her talking about it. And it was ridiculous. She made no sense at all. She's unbelievably arrogant and talking about how she's a duly elected official and, blah, 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 and all this other kind of stuff. But if you're a duly elected official, you need to do your job. Just thought I'd mention that to you. Maybe you need to do the job next time you get elected again, which will probably never happen. You probably ruined your own life. I look at the other lives you ruined, too, by not prosecuting certain people that went out and basically killed other people. I mean, think about what you've done and then you'll think about what DeSantis has done, and why he's trying to prevent you from doing things like you've been doing, so that you don't fall, you don't allow other people to fall under other people's, you know, tyranny that were released from the prison system. And you know, it's true if a person thinks they're going to get away with stuff and they're not going to get prosecuted, they have a much higher probability of doing it again and again and again and again. And we need to understand this, and we need to understand what in the world happened. You know, what we have to look at. By the way, a good article came out from the American Thinker by Rajan Ladd. He talks about how American, the common correct characteristics of the authoritarian regimes. He goes, number one, you got rigged elections. Well, we've got that. Media control. We've got that. The persecution of dissidents. Oh, yeah, we've got that. Literature and entertainment devolve into propaganda and trash. Oh, we really have that. Education becomes brainwashing and abundance of hoaxes. Remember that? All the stuff down. Lockdowns, targeting political opponents, dummy oppositions, targeting of religious institutions. Rubber-stamp leaders, permanent underclass, the omnipresent state, mandates and dictates, on and on and on. I don't have time to cover all these, guys. I'm going to post it so you can read it over the weekend. But the reality is we've got a lot of people out there that basically are starting to realize that we're starting to resemble the banana republic. And, of course, after that last election, I think we all know it's a banana republic because now we can't even get free elections anymore, and they're being open and blatant about it. But, guys, listen to me. You keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You look to him for all of your answers all the time because we need to realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. For he is the author, he is the finisher, and he is the perfecter of our faith. I love you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Austin, finish it up, and I will talk to you again on Monday.
0: Spot on, my friend. And yes, that's why you know it's so important to encourage one another once you become educated and constantly spread encouragement as far as staying strong, staying healthy, getting the truth out there. I say that all the time, and it's not because I'm, I'm trying to repeat myself. It's because it really is important. When you get around other people and they are like-minded and they're, they know what they're talking about and they're educated, it helps encourage other people. I remember I told you about one of the salesmen that I knew over in Orlando. I went to his dealership. This was like right at 2021. Uh, Yeah, middle, middle, early 2021. And Orlando was still a lot of ways in their their little mask ways over in Orlando, even though there was no mandate. There's still a lot of the just mindless people like to wear masks everywhere. And I remember I went to the dealership. The lady at the front immediately asked me, do you need a mask? I said, no. And the salesman came over and he wasn't wearing one. And I said, you're not wearing a mask? He goes, yeah. He goes, I finally got sick of it. He goes, I walked into the store and I saw somebody not wearing a mask and I decided... I want to be like that. I don't want to walk around like a peasant. I'm not going to walk around and look like an idiot. And he going to encourage me. So I encourage you guys to do the same. Thank you for supporting Health Masters. Please be sure to put reviews on the products that you like on the website. It really helps out other people know how they're working for you. Really encourage it. So again, sign up for our free weekly newsletter as well. Check out the website. Lots of sales and specials that I got on the front page now over the weekend. The two bucket organic specials, the mood booster stack on there. Also the back to school kit, maximum energy kit, lots of stuff. And the buffer creatine. It has a pH buffer capsule, so digest your small intestines. This is the best creatine I've ever used working out, and everybody gives me the same feedback on it. That's on sale right now on the website at healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend, my friends. Stay strong and healthy as always, and we'll talk to you again on this show
1: Monday as always.